0: Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church with our pastor, Andy Brown. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. I've noticed everybody scatters when it's time for the preaching. Did you notice that? Everybody just... So glad that you're here. So glad that we get to testify together continually of the greatness of our God and King. Did you take your Bibles today and turn to Matthew chapter 6, and today we're continuing to look at the prayer that the Lord has given us. We'll focus all of our attention today on one phrase, and there's one phrase in Scripture that tells more about the posture of your heart and my heart than any other passage in Scripture. There's one phrase in the Bible that tells more about the condition and the posture of our heart than any other passage. And let's just say this. Let's remind ourselves of this. God cares about the condition of your heart. God cares about the posture of our hearts. Now, we know this. We're confident when we say this. We can say that with confidence because we know that He has come from heaven seeking and saving us. Well, why in the world would He leave His throne above to come and seek us? We were lost. He loved us. He came after us. And when He came to us, we didn't know Him. Many of us thought that we were enjoying life, when in reality we were heading on a path that if we were to follow it and it's in, it would have left us lonely. It would have left us alone, empty, afraid. We really didn't know that we were on a separate path until love came and found us right where we were in our lostness. We didn't know that we were lost until we felt the warmth that comes from enjoying the presence of God. From hearing His voice, from delighting in His ways. You see, listen carefully. Before Jesus, our wills were bound. As one hymn writer puts it, Long our imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound by sin and nature's night. But since Jesus has come to us, the hymn writer continues and he says this, Thine eye diffused a quickening ray, and we woke the dungeon flamed with light. Our chains fell off, our hearts were free, we rose, went forth, and followed Thee. Now, in a world filled full of darkness, Christ has called us, listen, who were darkness to serve as light in the world. Listen to me carefully this morning. God is concerned. He cares about the condition of your heart. God cares about the posture of your heart. Now, we believe that. We believe that God cares about the posture of our heart. This is the gospel truth. It's the gospel truth that we hold our entire life. We hold this truth our entire life. Did you catch that? We hold not just for one part in our life, we hold it for all of our lives. We're always praying, we're always seeking, we're always saying, here's my heart, Lord. Show me the right way, as the psalmist says, if there's a wrong way that I find myself in, you teach me and show me what is right. The reason that we hold this truth for all of our lives is because this truth is the truth that undergirds existence. We don't just hold this truth haphazardly. We no more hold this truth haphazardly than we try to catch lightning. No, just go go out, stand with the whatever instrument you have in your hand and try to catch lightning and you'll see what I mean. We don't hold this truth haphazardly. This truth is the most remarkable truth, period. So we constantly have to remind ourselves of this truth. And what I want to show you today from Scripture, listen carefully. What I want to show you today from Scripture is the most beautiful thing that our Lord has called us to say, but it's the most difficult. It's the most difficult. And at the same time, it is the most beautiful. Join with me in reading the Bible here The word of our Lord, Matthew chapter 6, begin in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Would you pray with me? Our Father, here we are, placing ourselves before you today already feeling the weight of Your glory. Please comfort us by Your Word. Conform us into an image that delights in You. Do it through the preaching of Your Word. Do it in the power of Your Word, in the power of the Spirit, in the name of the Son, to the glory of the Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, did you hear that? When we read the Bible, did you hear the phrase? Did you hear the most beautiful and difficult thing to say? Did you really hear it? When Jesus taught us to pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's probably easy to hear that phrase this morning behind the stained glass. Perhaps the difficulty doesn't sink in this morning for you behind the comfort of this room, but you may feel the difficulty of it as you're sitting on the side of a hospital bed when the doctor tells you that it's terminal. Or when you go into the ultrasound room and the technician looks for the baby's heartbeat and can't find the heartbeat, you then may feel the weight of saying, Thy will be done. Or maybe... When you spend your life training, you have your first chance at making it and you blow a muscle and so you forfeit everything that you've been pursuing. Or maybe the company that you've been for years, you've been trying to make it in this company and this company has given you ends meet. This company closes its doors for whatever reason and you are left without a job and you're wondering how you're going to make enough money to feed your family and keep the roof on Top of your head, you then can feel the weight of Thy will be done. Or maybe, maybe when you're faced with the temptation, and you know that that temptation is wrong, everything within you says that it's wrong, but you're sitting there or standing there, and you feel the desire for that temptation that you know is going to pull you away from Christ. You feel that desire so strong that it feels like it's burning you from the inside out. And on and on and on we could go. It's easy for us to say, Thy will be done here. But what about in those moments God calls our heart to test? and We don't just say it. We feel the weight of it and we mean it. See, this here, what our Lord is teaching us is the most beautiful. It's the right thing to say, but it can be the most difficult. Difficult, but so true. Difficult. Here's the reason that it's difficult. Listen, because nothing will test your pursuits, nothing will test your desire like praying. Thy will be done, and actually meaning it. So what are we saying? The reason we're going so slow is because this is so constraining and, and so close to what our Lord is desiring for us. And we don't want to go too fast here. Because if we just go too fast and say, okay, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us the day of daily bread... It's not the point of what the Lord is teaching us and how He's teaching us to pray. It's so much more than that. He wants this to cover every crevice of our hearts. He's teaching us to pray this way and giving us a framework. And listen, everything that's crooked in us by this frame, you know what He's doing? He's bending us back. Our our backs are broken. He's standing us upright. And sometimes it's painful. It's difficult. So we just can't take this passage and just gloss over it. We want to know this morning And I'm going to teach you as much as I can in the power of the Spirit through the Word. What are we saying when we pray, Thy will be done? And I think there's two things that we're saying. I've I've done my diligence in my study this week through prayer and struggle so that I can prepare something and bring it to you this morning. I've summarized what I think we need to eat this morning into just two edible morsels. So for all of you who are hungry, get ready to eat. Not just any bread. The bread that satisfies from God's Word. Number one. God knows best. Oh, I hope that you're convinced of that. You say, that's so simple, preacher. Oh, I know it is. I hope it is. God knows best. Listen there is one thing in this world that I can absolutely quantify as the best thing for you. You know what it is? God's will. It is the absolute best for you. God's will. Now, the fact that we have to strive so hard to to believe that reveals so much about our present condition. It tells so much about our hearts. We are in this position of longing. Now, it's a hopeful position where we are, but we're stuck looking at a world where the idea of God's will, in reality, if you think about our world, is the furthest thing from anyone's mind. And then we look at our own lives, and we know that we've seen the light, but we still feel the heaviness of this lingering darkness. And so we feel this torn between two wheels. We feel it. We carry this weight with us all of our life. One is the best, the other is, well, the worst. God's will is the best, and what is not His will is the absolute worst. We know that. God's way is the best way. God's will is the best will. What is not His will is the worst thing for you. But here's the danger. Why do we spend so much time pursuing and chasing wind and vanity, things that are not His will? It doesn't mean anything good for us, it's not the best, but so oftentimes I'm afraid in my own life that my life is characterized by pursuing what's not best. Your life is characterized by pursuing things that are not best. Our lives are characterized by pursuing what is not best. You see, one, God's will is like a a harmony. A perfect symphony of, of pure beauty. You close your eyes and you just listen to it in the orchestra and the choir. They just take you away. You're lost in that moment. And the other is like a group of people up here making noise with their instruments and pursuing, you know, sort of like what happens in my house when we give, a, excuse me, when some of you give our children toys to bring home and they play with those toys and especially, you know, some Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights in children's church or Wednesday they give them these little Thing noisemakers, and they come home, and a whole ride home, I'm just thinking, you know, please. So one is perfect harmony, perfect symphony. It's beautiful. You go to sleep, you can wake up, you'd be in the right place. The other is nothing but making noise with their instruments. I, I remember watching one time, my parents recorded, my parents are such good parents, they recorded my uh, sixth grade band rehearsal. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, my parents sat through this. If you've ever been there, you know you know one is beautiful the other is just making noise listen to me i can say this uh, any equivocation god's will is the best god's will is the best listen to me carefully it's not just the best this is this is where we have to be real careful in our theology because god's will is not just the best listen It is the ultimate reality by which the whole universe is is determined to arrive. Look at this prayer the Lord has given us. Look at this prayer. Look at the the first three petitions of the prayer. That's where we are. What's it say? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, the hallowing of His name, the coming of His kingdom, the fulfillment of His will. You know what that is? That is expressing the hope that you and I hold. This is expressing the faith that you and I have. Those three petitions are expressing the core belief That Christ has come establishing in this world. You know what it is? It's Christianity. This is it. The hallowing of God's name. The coming of His kingdom. And His will being done. This is who we are. This is who we are. We are His people who He has taught to seek Him. His self. His ways. And we know who we are mainly because... We know who we were, but we don't just know who we were, we know who we're going to be. Did you hear that? We don't know just who we were, we don't just know who we are, we know who we were, but the best part of the story is we know who we're going to be. At one time, you and I, we were not God's people, but through the ministry of the Son and the Spirit, now we are God's people. People. What does that mean? It means that we are His sons and daughters. We get to call Him Father. And listen, that's even while we struggle. We're still His sons and daughters even while we struggle. But here's the hope. One day that struggle will be over. And we will one day be with Him for how long? For forever. This is our message. The hallowing of His name The coming of His kingdom and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is our message. Do you know what that is? It's a message of hope in a hopeless place. It's a message of certainty in an uncertain place. It's a message of light in a dark place. And we could go on and on and on with all the beautiful ways of speaking about our Lord. And this is why we pray the way that we pray. This is why we concentrate and say, Thy will be done, because we know that His way is the best way. We know that. And we know that His way is the best way because Jesus has come to show us what the will of God is. Did you hear what I just said? He has come to show us what the will of God is. Think back at chapter 5. Go back. Follow along with me just for a moment. And I'm just going to go through the Beatitudes. This is the will of God. Are you ready? What's the will of God? Here it is. It's a kingdom. It's comfort. It's inheriting the earth. Satisfaction. Mercy. Seeing God. Being called God's children. It's the reversal of death. It's the reversal of persecution. It's righteousness. It's no more murder. It's no more hate. It's no more retaliation. It's no more grudges. It's no more wrongdoing. No more adultery. No more unfaithfulness. No more divorce. No more lying. No more seeking the approvals of others and living under the suspicion of whether or not you're worthy or not. You know what the will of God is? It's perfect love. That's what chapter 5 tells us. And then chapter 6, Jesus building on who He is and what He said. He says, now you pray all of these things come true. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. I want to challenge you this morning. Can you think of anything better than that? Can you think of anything better than this vision that Christ has put before us of this better world that's coming? Of this better world that He has brought in some degree in his first coming. Listen, there's nothing better. And this is me. And I've dedicated my life to this purpose. I've been in school since forever, just pursuing this. I've dedicated my whole life for this. I'm here before you. We've been together now for nearly five years. And if I could, if, if there was something better for me to tell you, then now you know what I'd do? I would change my message and tell you. But here's the reality. There's nothing better. And even beyond that, forget me. If there was something better, He would have told us. He would have shown us. But there is nothing better. And this is why I have such a struggle for, for me who knows God and you who know God. We have such a struggle because it's hard to imagine not embracing this vision. But the story of humanity is a story of rebellion. Now, rebellion's not the only part of the story, but rebellion, it's a pretty big chunk of the story. It's not even the end of the story, but it's part of the story. Here's the reason Jesus came Jesus came to seek and save lost ones. You know who that was? It was me and you and everybody else. You know what that means? It means salvation came for us even while we were rebelliously seeking our own way. Here we are, walking down a path. Jesus comes in the middle of our path diverts our attention by His glorious light, just like Saul on the road to Damascus. He comes to us. We're heading in one direction. He comes. He interrupts our life, which we thought was life, which really wasn't life. He comes and interrupts our way and says, Hey, what are you doing? You're chasing after darkness. You're pursuing wind. You're chasing ghosts. There's something so much better. Here's the way. Better yet, I don't want just point the way to you. I'll show you the way. Follow me. This is the Gospel while we were yet still sinners, Christ came to us seeking and saving the lost ones. He came to us while we were incapable of going to Him. He came as the beauty in a land that was full of beasts. And He calls us to His beauty and transforms our beastliness into His beauty, His perfection. And I have a hard time just thinking about that. And I just ask, who in their right mind wouldn't desire Him. But so many don't. And the reason they don't is because of the fall. You know what happened in the fall? When The fall is what happened in Genesis chapter 3 when God said, do this, and man chose to do the opposite of what God did. You know what happened then? Listen, the fall brought a rupture between God's will and our will. There's now two wills. There's God's will and there's our will before we chose to forsake god and choose our own way there was a there was this harmony that existed between what god desired and what we desired there was a harmony there and there was no difference they were the same once the woman and man took the fruit that god forbid they took their thoughts and placed them above god's thoughts and listen to me in that moment we chose for ourselves Instead of trusting that God knows best. Chose for ourselves instead of trusting that God knows best. And so God has come to us just like He did in the garden. And listen to this part. Though instead of banning us from the tree of life, you know what He does? He puts Himself on a tree to become the way to life. Why? So that we could enjoy what was lost. He came seeking and saving lost ones. We didn't have it all right and put together and said, man, you know, I'm I'm so good, God will save. No, no, we were lost. Any good that we had was a filthy rag in God's eyes. He came to us in our deplorable position of dependence upon Him. And He saved. He redeemed us. He restored us. So that He could then take us and align us with His purpose. So that He could teach us to pray, Thy will be done. And not just say it, listen, but mean it. By the way, let me just say this in case you're wondering. This is the only thing that we can pray for. you know that? This is the only thing that we can pray for. We can't pray for anything else and expect an answer outside of the will of God. For example, you can't pray, God, please let me commit adultery and get away with it. You can't pray that. You can't pray, God, please give me the smarts so that I can cheat on my taxes. Lord, let me not get caught speeding 80 miles an hour in a 35... You can't do those things. And those prayers are absurd. We know that. The will of God is the only thing that we can pray for. The only thing. Now, I know you're going to try it, because I've tried it before. I've been pulled over before. Oh, Lord Jesus, please. Please. Don't let that... I mean, I'm, I'm so terrible, I'll be honest with you, me burying my heart before you, I'm so terrible. This is... The Lord is redeeming me as He's redeeming you. I remember taking one time, I had this Bible with a Bible cover. It said, Big Jesus on the side of it. I ran over a... a, Well, anyway, I won't tell you what I did, but I did what I shouldn't have done and waited for the cop. And I took my big old Bible out and I put it beside me and I'm thinking, maybe the cop will see this Bible and not pull me up. And anyway, well, I won't tell you if it worked or not. But that was not the right thing to do. Not the right thing. We can't pray anything but God's will. So He comes to us. He shows us. He teaches us. Listen with patience. As a father does his children. As a shepherd does his sheep. This is the way that you should go. Uh, 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 Don't go over there. Listen to me. Don't pursue that path. Puts an obstacle there. You push through it. He puts another one there. You push through it trust me son trust me daughter don't do it he's giving us this wonderful opportunity to pray in this way and you know what he's doing the reason he's he's letting us see something that we couldn't see before you know what we see we see the very fabric of existence we know the order of the universe now but better yet We know the One who orders the universe. And we call Him Father. You don't have to convince us too hard that He knows best. We already know that He knows best. Now, sometimes we get out of line, which is exactly the the, perfect use of the phrase, we get out of line, so what does He have to do? He has to come and He has to put us back in line. How many of you have ever had your daddy put you back in line? You know what I mean? He has to come and put us back in line. And the Father may have to discipline us, but our lives are now characterized by really just one word as we live this life. You know what it is? It's trust. Trust. And that's the second point this morning. God knows best. And so we trust Him. Jesus is calling us because, listen, His name is holy. Because His kingdom is coming. He is telling us, trust Me. This is what we're saying when we pray, Thy will be done. We are praying, Lord, I trust You. Lord, You do whatever You want in my life. Now sometimes we have to say this with great heaviness. I know that. More than me knowing that, God knows it. Sometimes it's with a great heaviness that we have to pray whatever you want, Lord. You know why? Because we feel the pressure of the two ways. We feel the the rupture that's resulted. It's like this void that we're almost sucked into and lost because we, we feel this pressure of this way that was and this way that is and this way that's coming and we're between all of it. We feel this Pressure of the two ways. And we have to be taught to say this. And often we have to be brought to say this. But thankfully, we have a gentle shepherd to lead us, to hold us, to help us. A shepherd who is a lion. A shepherd who is king. A shepherd who has said, I will never leave you nor forsake Think with me just for a moment. Think, think. You've got to get this. God is the order and determiner of reality. He is the ultimate standard. He is the highest. He is the greatest. He is the most excellent. He is the most wonderful. He is is the orderer and determiner of reality. You know what this means? Well, it means He's God. What else does that mean? It means that we're not. What else does that mean? Here's what it means. We either conform to His ways or we are consumed by Him. And I think that hell is really fire. What a beautiful picture hell is of the majesty of God. What does fire do? It consumes. We're either conformed to Him, by Him, to Him. We are consumed by Him. See, because who He is. What is out of order will eventually be put back into order. What is rough will eventually be made smooth. What is crooked will eventually be made straight. And so you and I right now are being conformed to a reality that one day the whole world will know. And the Bible calls this conforming process, you know what word it uses? Oh, it's beautiful. You know what word it is? Renewal. Renewal. The Bible calls conforming to His way, renewal. God's making all things new. Now, who doesn't like new? That new car smell, that new pair of whatever. Who doesn't like new? Right. This is what God's doing to us. He is conforming us. He's showing, hey, this new way. This is not a new way. It's an ancient path. It's the best one. It leads to life. It leads to satisfaction. It leads to joy. It leads to ultimate pleasure. This is the way. Walk in it. Listen to what Romans chapter twelve says and. This is so good. The the thought really starts back in 11. So let me read it to you. Listen to what it says. It says in Romans chapter 11. Listen to what it says. It says, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable are His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been His counselor? Who has... Given a gift to Him that He might be repaid. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Listen to what He says. Listening. Are you listening this morning? Say Amen. Listen. This is, don't miss. Because of all that. Because of the surpassing greatness of His word. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind That by testing you may discern, listen, what the will of God is. That which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Did you catch that? Happiness and joy come from knowing God's will. And discerning God's will, that's the adventure of a lifetime. Discerning God's will is the endeavor of our lives. Oh, it's not just the endeavor of our lives, it's the adventure of a thousand lifetimes. Every step, every plan, every decision, every thought is taken captive and placed under the obedience of, of God. So you know what that means for us? It, it means that we live our lives with a certain posture, certain position. You know what it is? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now listen to me. It's not a shrunken posture. Thy will be done. It's not a posture of dejection or defeat. This is a posture of bold assurance as we walk into the face of any storm, any danger, any heartache, any threat. And we say confidently because our Lord is holding us up and we are holding on to Him, Thy will be done. Now, this brings up an important point for us to consider. Can we know the will of God? Can we know? Oh, yeah. You say, how on earth can we know the will of God? He has laid a firm foundation for us to know His will. You know what it is? Scripture. And what more can He say than to you He hath said? This is why it's the great endeavor of our life. We get to know the will of God. We get to pursue the will of God. You know how? Thus saith the Lord. We have His Word to us. We have His revelation to us. What more can He say than to you He hath said? So many times people have problems with the Bible. You know what? If they would focus on the parts that they don't have problems with, they may not have problems with any of it. Can we know the will of God? Well, Scripture tells us. Listen, for the unbeliever, the will of God is clear. Listen to what it says, John 6, 40. This is the will of my Father. Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. That's pretty plain, isn't it? That's the will of God for the unbeliever. Believe in the Son, you'll be resurrected. Woo! Pretty good. What about for the believer? Now, it's easy for the unbeliever You have to come to Jesus. Okay, now what? Now that I've come to Jesus, now what? For the believer, the will of God is summarized by one word. It's a five-letter word. begins with a G. Can you guess what it is? Any guesses? Glory. Okay, glory. Glory. Listen to this glorious thought. Listen. All the promises of God are now yours. In Christ Jesus. Not some of them. Not just the ones you like. Not just the ones, thankfully, listen, not just the ones you have hanging on your wall that are dear to you. Or maybe that you have on your t shirt or you've got memorized. Listen carefully to me. All are yours. Listen to the text. All the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. This is why it is through Jesus that we utter our amen to God for His glory. Think about it. Do you need wisdom this morning? Well, James has you covered. James says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without any reproach and it would be given to him. Pretty good. yours. Sure, just ask for it. What about... Peace this morning. Maybe you're uncertain about things. Maybe you're even uncertain about the will of God. Do you need peace? Listen to the Bible. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's for you. What about how to make a decision? Can we know from God how in the world we make a decision? Well, keep reading Philippians. Philippians says this, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've Learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I don't want to make the will of God light. I don't. I don't want to make it light. It's not light. There's a great weight to His glory. There's a great weight that we feel by pursuing Him. It's heavy. Listen to me carefully. It's heavy, but it's not burdensome. It's heavy, but it's not a burden for us so many of us I, i'm a, i'm afraid we think that this is a burden we think the will of god oh man we automatically start to shrink back the will of god oh, some mystery we make it burdensome we are not liberated by the will of god we have no confidence and so we're fearful because we have this in our mind that the will of god is so far from us that we can never know it but listen to me carefully it's real simple are you ready just do something. Just do something. Don't get so hung up on the small details. If what you're doing will mean God's glory, then do it. Whatever it is. Do it. Oh, I don't know, Pastor. Do it. And trust that if you're going in the wrong way, God will take you and direct you, show you hey, that's not the right way. Walk this way. I love Isaiah, and I was mentioning this to the new members class this morning, and I I meant to write it down, but I I left it out. God sometimes comes to us, and this verse in Isaiah, you can look at it and email me later if you want to. He comes to us, and he, He whispers. He said, you'll hear a whisper, and He'll say, this is the way, walk in it. This whisper, this small voice, says, this is the way, walk in it. So just start walking, man. Just start walking, lady. Start walking. Do something. Quit spinning your wheels, wasting your life. Just do Something. You and I need to be so confident in the purpose and power of God that we are willing to do whatever it takes to achieve Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Confidence in praying comes from being assured of God's will. Confidence in praying comes from being assured of God's will. Confidence in praying comes from being assured of God's will. Confidence Confidence comes from being content and satisfied with Thy will be done. So often, I'm afraid, we're tempted to throw a phrase around like a, like this, like, we're tempted to throw this phrase around, thy will be done, like a blanket of doubt. We say all we want to say and then we just cover our prayers at the end. Well, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. Suspicable. God doesn't call us to that. He calls us to something so much more for us to have our minds so in tune with His will, so walking in His Word, so listening to His voice in the power of the Holy Spirit that we can say, Thy will be done. Don't throw a blanket over your prayers and pray God's will for your life. Listen to me carefully. Don't misunderstand this. This doesn't mean that we know all things. Do you know what it means? It means that we know one thing. And since we know the One who knows, what more do we need to know? God, position my life for Your glory. Period. No strings attached. No ifs. No ands. No buts. Whatever befall me, whatever comes my way, You, Lord God, You receive Glory. And help me to walk in that way. And we trust Him. The reason we trust Him is because He's good. This isn't some name it and claim it. You know what that is? That's witchcraft. That's practicing witchcraft. That's not true religion. That's witchcraft. Name it, claim it. That's not what this is. This is coming to a point in your life, of being brought to this point, where you with a whole heart, with a cheerful heart, not reluctant, not fearful, you say to God, you do whatever you want with my life. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And let me just say this to you. Listen carefully to your pastor. This is costly. But it's safe. Costly. But this is not dangerous. The dangerous part for you and for me would to be for us to live outside of the will of God? You say, why is that dangerous? Because God is right now taking this world and conforming it to His purpose. Everything that happens, He is moving it towards His intended end. He is moving it towards His glory where He will overcome the evil and weave a tapestry of His grace and finally show us His plan, show us that His purpose, and you know what His purpose He'll be there, that's all. That'll be all for us. We won't have to know why did this happen, why didn't this? We'll just see Him and all the questions we had will melt right there. That'll be it. Because one day there'll be no separation between heaven and earth. His kingdom will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And here's the truth, listen to me, we will either be conformed to His image or we will be consumed by His glory. Set before your mind and heart. Thy will be be done. And mean it. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, what a heavy thing You're calling us to today. But we know that You know best. So we trust You. So when that moment comes where we feel the heavy weight, would You take us gently and lead us into the right way. Father, teach us to pray, not in some way that is doubtful, but with bold assurance. Consume us with Your will for our lives. Consume us with Your glory and let us be confident that whatever befall us, whatever come our way, You, O Lord, are consuming us and accomplishing Your will. Lord, we trust You. And may we all pray this way, Lord, if there is any way in me that is not accomplishing your will, straighten me out to do your will in my life. We love you. We trust you. And all of God's people said, Amen. We pray God will use this message for his glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at OxfordBaptistChurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.